0: yeah it's your boy ray ray on the mic let's go mic check mic check welcome to on the mic with ray white where we share life lessons encourage self-reflection and equip you to take action my name is ray white and i am juice that you're taking time to listen to this episode today, and I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all, we got another fire interview. Let's go! Get up out your seats. Kaylee Westerman Lewis hops onto the mic and I'm telling you she does a phenomenal job of sharing her story on this podcast she's tying in her experience as a former college basketball player her passion with the environmental studies as well as packaging it all towards impacting to society to develop and fuel her business which is the Salem cloth project and her business, Santa Claus Project, does a phenomenal job of educating folks how to reduce waste through sustainable and reusable products. But the great thing about it is, the proceeds that are from her business go towards families to educate them and provide resources for cloth diapering and services in that nature and i'm telling you it's it's, it's great it's great she's gonna be telling some gems and dropping some gems of how she got started and the and the story behind how she got to where she is today through her business through her work and what's the impact she's making in salem so i'm super juiced for you to take a listen to that be sure to check out kaylee's work i'll drop it in the show notes as well as the website to the salem cloth project and when you hear a gem come on you know what it is when you hear a gem that kaylee drops i would love for you to take a screenshot of this episode tag me and kaylee in it and let me know what is that one thing that you found in the episode that you plan on taking action on this week let's go i mean i'm fired up i'm fired up i'm ready to drop this episode so let's go ahead and dive into this episode titled sewing connections thanks so much for listening Well, hey everybody welcome to another episode of on the Michael Bray white i am super excited to have another college friend of mine uh who is a baller uh is doing some great work in the community as well i'm super excited to have her share her story please uh give a snaps snaps in the headphones for kaylee westerman lewis kaylee how are you today
1: i am doing great thank you the sun is shining
0: yeah, the perspective is here. You got to have that perspective with beautiful weather, even though we're indoors mostly.
1: <laughs> I mean, the weather couldn't have come at a better time. Like, it, I, we had a week of kind of dreariness, and that was hard to be inside. And now it's like, I'm taking every chance I can to be outside. So I'm very thankful for that.
0: <laughs> you should, as you should. Uh, so this episode, I'm super excited to have you share your college story, your athletic story, and the work that you're doing with the city as well as your own project and the business that you have as well. Um, but what I've been, before we get to there, I've been asking our guests to share a guiding phrase or principle or what have you that will be an anchor to what your story is all about as well as the rest of the episode. So, in a sentence, would you articulate what your mantra or your life mission is? The hardest question first. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm kicking it off with hard questions. <laughs>
1: For real. Oh, I had to think really hard about this um, because I mean about a lot of the questions that you sent because I haven't really taken a ton of time to like really reflect on myself. I was just kind of doing what I was passionate about. Mm. Um, but when I tried to like break it down and really get into it, um, it really became about connecting to my community and helping people. Um, and so really a lot of what I've been doing is kind of driven around that. And the people that inspire me are the, in the community, just really working to make life the best for everyone around them. So that's when I tried to narrow it down Kind of in that sense, it was really about connecting to my community and helping improve people's lives.
0: I love it. I love it. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I, it, already, as you state that. Um, I've seen that, obviously, with the Salem Cloth Project, with the work that you're doing with the environmental services, which we'll get to, and it'll be great to see how that's threaded through your passions of what you're doing for the community. Uh, but we're going to take a, uh, just a quick step back and reflect a little bit on the college days, the glory days, as I call them. Um, you and I both attended Willamette University. We're both athletes and, then, and played there uh, in our respective sports. I would love for you to share how you got to Willamette and just the sport that you played or just basketball and the experience that you've had with basketball. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, interestingly enough, I, uh, I didn't set out to play basketball in college. <laughs> um, I was actually recruited like all throughout the, like the recruitment process. I was planning to play soccer. Um, and I had a full ride offer, um, uh, to, uh, a school in Cal State Stanislaus. Um, <laughs> And uh, was all set to go there, uh, and ended up being right in the middle of basketball season, my high school senior year, um, playing basketball. And I decided I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if my heart is in in it playing soccer. I think I want to play basketball. Hmm. Probably like February or March that I decided to call the school and say, no, I'm not gonna not gonna be going there. Uh, and I had to start the recruiting process all over again basketball and let coaches know I was interested in playing basketball so um, you know being being a senior around March April time looking um, to get recruited it was pretty late in the game so I didn't have a ton of options um, as far as like bigger schools and, mm-hmm. uh, but really I was just looking kind of around the Pacific Northwest at like what what schools were you know I was interested had my major and uh I went on, I think it was over spring break, I just went on a tour of like as many colleges as I could. And I stepped onto Willamette's campus and I was like, oh my God, it's so
2: gorgeous.
1: (laughs) I think my last stop by the school before that was Portland State, a smaller town. And so going to Portland and being in the midst of Portland State, I was so overwhelmed. Um, And then I went to Willamette and I was just like, wow, this is, this looks, what college looks like. Um, and then of course the coach who recruited me, Bruce Henderson, like he was, he was awesome. He greeted us. I just remember that, uh, you know, it was kind of the joke that like, it was always gorgeous on like parent visits and like, it was a gorgeous day. (laughs) Um, coach was awesome. And so it just, it felt right, uh, to be at Willamette, to be on campus. Um, so yeah, I committed to play basketball at Willamette and that was history.
0: Man. I, that's crazy. I didn't know that soccer was your sport or the thing that you were moving forward to, yeah. for a full ride and everything. Like, how do you, because I don't want to ask like, well, I'm going to ask it, even though I said I'm not going to ask, but like, do you regret not moving forward with soccer and continuing that? Like, talk about the differences, not you, because you let soccer go. Do uh, you, you ever think back and be like, dang, I wonder what would have happened if I stuck with that and moved forward in that. <laughs>
1: Definitely. Like I do not regret the decision. Um, I think that I was a better, I was a much better soccer player than I was a basketball player. Like it just came more naturally to me. Uh, I had to work really hard to be good at basketball. Mm. Um, but I don't regret the decision. Like, interestingly enough, the school that I was recruited to to play soccer was right down the street from Adrian's house and house. Uh, did not know him at the time, but when I went to visit his family for the very first time, I was like, oh my God, I've been here before. And then it was at that point that I realized I was like, oh my God, I was going to play soccer right down the street from where you lived. So in like in that aspect, like the like that kind of serendipitous mm-hmm. experience of like, had I gone there, I would have never met Adrian. I would have never like done a lot of the things that I have done. So I definitely don't regret it, but um, just the experience, like knowing that I probably could have gone a lot farther with soccer because I was better, um, you know, that, that definitely sticks with me, Yeah, but uh, choosing Willamette and and everything that came from it, definitely don't regret that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Just to, yeah, being able to, you stated that you had to work a little bit harder to not only Get yourself on back on the market for basketball, but even that was that's your secondary sport, right? And that's something that you you had to truly prove that you could still play and play mm-hmm. at a higher level, even though you weren't looked at initially at the higher level in that way. Um, that's awesome. That that a lot of determination there. That's that's good. Oh,
1: yeah, I mean it was it was tough for sure. Like I remember sitting in the airport after my last visit to California, um, and I was bawling on the phone to my mom because I was like I don't think I can do it like I don't think my heart is there so I mean I was really lucky in that way that I had such a strong sense that like I felt compelled to choose basketball Um but yeah it, it was it's true I really had to work a lot harder <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted that so
0: definitely that's so cool that's so cool so now you're in the school you know like you said you got we all got duped by the w- beautiful, gorgeous weather during the parents weekend, the recruiting weekend, and, you know, the rain then comes, which whatever that happens. But regardless, it, Willamette is definitely a beautiful campus and a great school to go to. Mm-hmm. So now you're out there, you're you're playing ball there, you're getting into the groove. What are some of the highlights that you remember playing basketball at Willamette?
1: I think the biggest thing that came to my mind was honestly like the camaraderie and the friendship and everything that comes with having teammates like throughout my entire like athletic career that is the biggest thing that stands out for me is like i was so lucky to never like have to work hard at making friends because you just had a team there with you your teammates were your friends your family um, and those are, you know, still to this day my closest friends. I mean, in a in some aspect, it. I never, I never then learned how to make friends, <laughs> so that was like hard as an adult to be like, oh God, how do I, how do I make friends now? Um, but, but for real, like the teammates that you, you know, that you surround yourself with and that you're with all the time, like, those are some of the best memories for sure. Um, and I think for me too, just like the competitive nature. I was, like, I am just a competitive person. I always have been. And um, I really, like, now as an adult who is not, like, a constant athlete, uh, it's it's hard not having, like, a competitive outlet. Um, I joke that, like, there was a, like, a two-year stint in my life that I had to quit playing card games with people because I would, I would get so into it that I would just ruin it. Like, it would not be fun for anyone else. So I, I had to swear off cards. So anytime that there was like a, you know, friendly game of cards or anything like that, I was, I had to say, no, thanks. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Cause I knew, I knew that I was going to get too competitive. So for sports, like having that outlet was, was awesome uh, because I, I had that, that fire in me that I wanted to compete. Um, and now, like I said, now not really having that, I, I definitely miss that, that aspect of playing the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I wish I had like this highlight as far as like athletic competition goes, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, our, my, my basketball career was not the greatest in terms of like wins and losses. Um, so we, we struggled for sure, our team did, um, but I think it was maybe a year or two after we graduated. Uh, Some of my teammates, we played in the Rip City three-on-three nice up in Portland. Um, And we ended up winning the the whole competition. And it was such like a feeling of redemption because like the same teammates we had played together for years uh, and really struggled at Willamette. And then we get up to Portland and we play in this big tournament and we ended up getting all the way to the finals. Uh, And I hit the game-winning shot and that was just like... Oh god, I still remember that feeling, and it was so cool because um, was he was on the court like he was announcing the game as we were playing, and that just fired me up. So it was it was a lot of fun. I have a lot of really good memories of, of that tournament, um, and like it, you know, playing with my teammates there. And, but generally, a lot of good a lot of good came
2: from basketball.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I think you're 100% right. Like being on a team is instant friends. I mean, you, you at least have like a group where you can, can, you're with them for the most part, upwards of 20 hours a week, Um, you know, pretty much every day. And then on campus, obviously, you're in the same classes and you're traveling together. You're going through the same trials and struggles. But then even out of that, you have some, just some awesome memories that could carry over to, for a lifetime, you know? And, Um, I I get you on the card games and not playing in the competitive nature. I I struggle with that with um my wife and I. We try to play Uno and I can't I just can't (laughs) do it. (laughs) I can't ever win. Like this is not good enough, you know.
1: Uh, Yeah, and then having two like Adrian and I having two out house and two competitive people, stubborn people. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's tough. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's tough hey you know y'all power couple too i d- d- can't don't nobody go up against y'all one day we'll get a cornhole tournament going though and we'll see yeah. who the champion is out here so
1: might be, <laughs> we might be risking some friendships there <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man so cool yeah i uh that that's like you said those are lifelong memories that can definitely last for a while um and and with the people that you're with and um thank you for sharing some of that uh now athletically so talk about who were some of the athletes that you looked up to like i'm always interested in hearing just how those people influence you in your athletic journey
1: yeah for sure um and I, I remember as a kid i was one of those kids that like i had posters like all over my room like of everything i played fast pitch soccer basketball so i did i did a lot of sports um so i had a lot of athletes that i looked up to and I had like everyone from like Roger Federer playing tennis to like, you know, the Olympic swimming team was like on my wall. So really like any athlete that I saw, I was, I was really, you know, taken by, Um, but I think for sure, like the people that stood out my mind, um, what looking back that really like that I loved watching um, Abby Wambach for sure, like Mm -hmm. she, she is such a powerhouse. Um, and just her grit and tenacity, as a competitor, and that's the type of athlete that I always looked up to. Um, whether it was like a college player or a professional athlete, like they for sure, like the ones that were were getting knocked down them and getting back up, like that was the player that that I that I felt that I was inside. And so seeing them out like on the field or on the court, I loved watching that. So Abby Wambach for sure. Um, and then Lauren Jackson, Seattle there storm.
2: There you go.
1: They were, those are, the, I think those are the two, like Lauren Jackson. She was my basketball icon. Um, yeah, that's, that's she,
2: awesome.
1: she, too soon. Like she left the storm too soon, but <laughs> but yeah, she was for sure. She was someone that I really wanted to to play like, um, and she, yeah, she just had that long linky, like post game could shoot the outside three. And I, I definitely wanted to be like her. <laughs>
0: Love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes, the every child athlete's room of posters of so many athletes around. That's yeah, that's every dream. Every person's dream to be like that person, regardless of the sport that they're in.
1: Regardless, yeah, just the fact that they were an athlete, yeah, was for sure. <laughs> that, was, that was me.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, but as we know, the game comes to a close uh you talked like I'm I'm super interested to hear how the transition went for you uh, from an athlete to a civilian because knowing that basketball wasn't going to be you know eventually became your sport but it wasn't at first um just how did you prepare for the moment when you were done playing the game
1: I think for me you know it's kind of unique as an athlete um because like I said like our, our basketball team, like, we struggled. Like, we did not have a winning season. Um, and so in that way, like, that combined with um, – I, I didn't really ever expect basketball to continue for me post-college. Settled with that. Not that I was, like, ever looking forward to my career being over. Um, but I think that I just had kind of – that was the reality, that I knew um, it was going to come to an end. Um, and so I think that part for sure was, um, I could wrap my brain around and it was like, okay, you know, after, after this, after college, I'll be, I'll be working. Mm-hmm. That made sense. Um, there was a point, however, that, um, I remember, I think it was my senior, before I went to, uh, back to senior year, the summer I was at home and my mom and I, we went to watch a storm basketball game and I think they were playing Chicago Sky, who at the time was not they were not a good team they're one of the worst teams in the division Um, and my mom she turns to me and she was like Kaylee I really think that you could play on a team like that Hmm. granted she was telling me I could play on one of the worst like WWE teams like in the league but that was the first time that I'd ever heard someone like say like oh hey you could be there Um, and I remember being really upset (laughs) oh no I was a senior and that was the first time that like anyone had kind of opened that door for me uh and so I remember being just like kind of heartbroken about that um thinking that oh maybe I could have gone somewhere maybe I could have extended my career a little bit because I I would have loved to do that um but like I said I mean it just wasn't ever really in the cards for me um, and so I was fine with that but I think the hardest part about not being an athlete and not being like on a team and being labeled as an athlete was just, that was my identity. Um, and because like I was an athlete my entire life, like that is how I kind of framed my identity was I was the, I was the athlete. I was the person who played on all of the teams, um, you know, in college, I was the college <laughs> basketball player. Um, and so having that be kind of separated from me was really challenging and it still is. I think even now, probably more now in some ways than before, because as I get older, and as I get farther and farther away from my basketball career, less people actually know that about me. And so people that I'm meeting now through work or whatever, um, you know, they, they don't, they might not know that I play college basketball. And so I think that's sometimes hard to, you know, to kind of grapple with, is it like, I see myself as an athlete still to this day. Someone who loves to play sports and um, would still compete at any chance I have. Um, so I think that was probably the biggest thing for me having to to kind of wrestle with.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Did Did you ever try to preface that? Yeah, I play college ball. You know, in every interaction that oh, you had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: and at a a certain point it made sense you know like when you would talk about like oh where did you go to school it's like oh I went to a lamb and I was I played basketball like a year out that made sense two three four years out like yeah I was a college basketball player then it just sounded kind of pathetic
2: um
1: (laughs) yeah no definitely like that was and that that was how much it was tied to my identity was that that was kind of how I introduced myself or how I explained my experience was a lot of times through the athletic part of my life and so yeah you know having that disconnect can be really challenging so I when you hear like sports stories about like professional athletes you know having retiring or getting injured and you know and having that really that kind of depression over that I totally understand that because it's it's so much about who you see yourself as, and when that identity is taken away, like, how do you, you know, how do you kind of recuperate from that?
0: Yeah. So, yeah, to, cause I, yeah, like you said, we're, we're a few years removed. I won't say how many, we're a few years removed. And I still often catch myself saying, yeah, I went to Willamette and I studied sociology, you know, like trying okay. to find a different way of connection to it and eventually find my way saying, yeah, I play college football. But uh, I definitely get you in the fact of uh, after some point it's kind of like, okay, you can't necessarily hang on that too much, Yeah. but as you stated, you know, yeah, the, the, the separation or the, the divorce of that identity from, uh, every year you, you keep doing that every year. Like, how did, how did you cope through that? Like, did you, um, you stated you had a little bit of feeling like you lost something or some grief there, um. But then, yeah, what were some of the things that you did to help you overcome that identity being so attached to you?
1: Well, I think it was, for me, it was still being a part of it somehow. Um, so I think two years, I, w- I was coaching for two years, coached basketball at McNary High School um, for a couple of years after I graduated. So staying connected in that way was was great. Um, so I probably had like three or four years of transition where I was somehow playing in Um, three on three tournaments and playing in hoopla and and all other, you know, any chance I got um, playing pickup or, um, you know, like even just playing soccer, any chance I could. Um, So for me, it's definitely being a part of it and staying connected to the sport and feeling like people could still see me as that. Mm -hmm. And maybe less of people seeing me, but feeling like that I, (laughs) that I myself was connected to it um, that really helps for sure. Um, now, you know, now I'm kind of at a different place in my life and it's a little harder to, to stay involved all the time. Yeah. Um, but for sure, I think you know, like playing, continuing to play and continuing to see myself as the person that, that I always have has been important and staying active in that
2: way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Coaching has definitely been like a great bridge. And it can be a great bridge, you know, because you like you said, you're still connected, but then you're also giving back and helping develop the, you know, we've, we're going to talk about the next generation, but you're helping develop the, the future athlete or the young athlete to get better at their skills and also hopefully avoid some pitfalls you've seen too. So I completely agree that coaching can be a great just crossover into the next life of our, or the next season of our lives Yeah, um, for
1: sure.
0: while still being a part of it
1: like i wish i would have gotten to coaching earlier but because i think coaching helped me like play play better like when i played pickup and when i when i continued as like a you know just kind of a recreational player like i was i was much better and i i contribute that a lot to coaching and seeing the game in a in a very different way but
0: yeah, yeah. no that's good that's good so what are you doing now like so you graduated i i would love to hear the work that you're doing now but I don't think you you like anyway. What what work are you doing now? Uh, what what work are you? What things are you involved in in the community?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm currently working full time, um, for the city of Kaiser. I work uh, as an environmental specialist there for their environmental and technical team. So I deal mainly with water quality, surface and storm water, um, mostly doing education and outreach. Uh, mm-hmm. So I've you know I've kind of jumped around throughout my career in environmental work, um, spent most of my time in water quality. Um, but my, uh, I started working in a lab, that was, my first, that was my first job in water quality, was working in the lab. Um, and then quickly realized that I needed more action than <laughs> just test tubes. So um, I, I started kind of dabbling in education and doing outreach and uh, found that I really liked that, that social interaction um and my my mom was a teacher and so i always saw that you know i always saw that side of education and always valued that um and so once i kind of got into my career um you know i started seeing the the value of education and especially for where it comes into the environment like um, knowing how important it is to, to share and be able to communicate environmental and science issues with people clearly in a way that's not like overwhelming or scary yeah so I kind of found my niche there um, so yeah I'm working full-time city of Kaiser um, right now working from home <laughs> Yep. a lot of stuff um, but but yeah so working for the city uh, really enjoying enjoying doing that um, I live in Salem though. And so I'm staying connected, doing a lot of stuff in the local community here, Salem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, like I said, I've, I've bounced around a lot in the environmental field um, between like energy. I spent a lot of time, most of my time in water quality. Um, and I dabbled a little bit for about a couple years, uh, in waste reduction. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started my passion for like more of the, um, kind of the cultural aspect of environmental issues versus just like water or air, you know. Um, and seeing how like humans are really impacting the environment through waste. Uh, and so that was really interesting to me. And that's kind of where I, I started down this path of like being interested in, in how um, socially we can we can all contribute to a better environment through like our our everyday behavioral practices like reducing waste recycling composting etc yeah. um, so that kind of like led me into my side project what I'm doing now so on top of working full-time I've also started a, uh, a small business and I'm working on developing uh, getting a nonprofit profit going mm. uh, but it's called Salem Cloth Project uh, and our mission is really to to reduce waste on the front end so I make um, handmade reusable products. So things like uh, snack bags that they'll replace, you know, Ziploc bags or cloth napkins, cloth um, towels. So that you're not using paper towels and napkins and things like that. Um, so selling those products and then the, uh, the proceeds for that go towards providing families in Salem, free cloth diapers, cloth diaper resources, and then uh, education as well. Um, wow. so there's, a, there's a pretty big gap here in Salem for, for resources like that. Um, and like I said, with my just kind of continued interest in waste reduction, I, I started seeing, um, seeing a need for that and just was like, okay, I, you know, I'm really passionate about this. Um, after we had our, uh, we started cloth diapering. Mm-hmm. I
2: had
1: never. I had never changed a diaper before ever. <laughs> so <laughs> like doing cloth diapers was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Uh, I always knew that like that made sense. I'm an environmental person. I have to do things that are gonna be good for the environment. So we're gonna, uh, but I had to learn from scratch. I had no one around me to teach me. um, Like I I didn't know anybody who cloth diapers. uh, I was just constantly on YouTube, like Googling things like how to change a diaper. Mm like. I, it, it got to a low point. Like, I don't know how to change a diaper.
0: That's so, not at all. I get it. I get it. it yeah. it's just, that's not something that you just pick up right away unless you've been around children all your life. Or yeah. You yeah. Somebody walking through and saying, this is how you do it. I get it.
1: Absolutely. So that was my life at a certain point. Uh, and so having so having gone through that and and the experience of trying to start fresh, like not really knowing anything and learning everything myself. Uh, it felt really isolating. Mm. and so in the in the process, you know after we had adley and, and switching to cloth diapers, you know I there were road bumps along the way and I had nowhere to turn other than the internet. And so knowing that, knowing that that's a, a barrier for someone who has resources and uh, and wants to cloth diaper, I was kind of realizing I was like there's we need to start kind of building a network here in Salem that other families can turn to Um, so yeah that's where kind of Salem cloth project got started is just recognizing a need for reducing waste uh, but also the social and equitable equitable component of uh, you know helping families that really need it Um, when you have to spend fifty dollars a month on on diapers I think we're we're realizing it now during quarantine, that's a lot of money. Um, and when you're when you're pinching pennies and you're trying to figure out where your next meal is going to come from, if you can save that fifty dollars and put it towards food or something, you know, other than diapers, I think we're going to be serving our families a lot better in that regard.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so awesome! Just the fact of, because you so you went to Willamette, you. Got your degree in environmental studies and kind of worked through that with the passion of seeing the environment better, and then immediately jumped into it and figuring out okay, you know, there's immediate needs of servicing the community uh, through the city by environmental services and bouncing around to see how it all works. But uh, that's just crazy how, through the waste department or waste reduction, seeing the one of the biggest wastes that are one of the biggest ways that are happening in our communities but then also how that ties to those who are um the most vulnerable in our communities as well and just like that dynamic between there um youtube university that's awesome
1: <laughs> so helpful i'm telling you that is what i tell everybody yeah. but, but really i think you said it perfectly like i had a light bulb moment when i when i went back to work after having adley Uh, And I started looking at all the waste data for Marion County specifically. And I saw that uh, disposable diapers made up 10,000 tons a year. Wow. 10,000 tons a year of disposable diapers go into the incinerator in Marion County every year. And it was right next to construction and demolition debris. So we're talking like concrete and wood products are about the same weight as the like disposable diapers wow and so when i saw that i was like oh my god are you kidding me and then at the same time i started seeing so many families that were asking for assistance um you know for food and uh for diapers and they they had a need like they were not their needs were not being met and i just thought to myself man if they could on diapers and you know maybe that would help them a little bit you know it's it's not a huge chunk of change but it's something so that was definitely a light bulb moment for me to see kind of where sustainability and equity kind of can coalesce. And, um, yeah, so then that just, just started from there and yeah, working towards it.
0: So what was, Oh, I'm fascinated by this because I, I'm always interested in hearing people's origin stories, especially even in the business context. So there's, there's one thing to have. So you saw a need, you know, you're in mid. you're in the midst, you're in the muck and you see disparity and an issue uh and you see like one way to take opportunity to help provide or close that gap like there's a lot of folks out there with a lot of ideas but never really take action on those ideas what were um in addition to just the the heart and the passion behind wanting to seeing these people uh to help save money in any way what were some of the elements that just helped you to take action to say you know what i think i can there was about there yeah
1: it was like a year time span where I just sat on the idea. Mm. From that light bulb moment to to actually doing something about it, like I knew right away. I was like, this is a good idea. Like I know this is I know this would be would be successful. I didn't have the, the whole idea mapped out, but it was just like how, like I knew that providing cloth diapers would fit a need of reducing waste, but also helping the community. Um, so I actually approached my boss, like the week after I thought of it, I approached my boss and I said, Hey, what if we wrote a grant opportunity to, to like do this work? Um, and we did it, you know, through a government service and we got grant money and then we first cloth diapers, we reduce waste, we do all this stuff. And he was like, Oh yeah interesting. And it never went anywhere. (laughs) Uh, so like, you know, I just took that as like, okay, well this isn't going to happen. Um, and so then I just, you know, I didn't get too discouraged, but I was like, man, I knew in the back of my head, I was like, you're letting a really good opportunity go by not capitalizing on this. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just kind of sat on it. didn't really like think about it too much. Um, I think the catalyst for me was um, was feeling unsatisfied at work, um, feeling unsatisfied with what I was doing. Um, I'm definitely someone, like I said, like my mission is to help people, and I want to feel like I'm contributing to something. And at the time, I I was feeling so low that like what I was doing wasn't didn't make a difference, and I wasn't really having an impact. Um, that in order to kind of pick myself up, I needed to do something that I felt passionate about and felt that like I was contributing.
2: Mm.
1: So I just, you know, I kind of, I went back to that original idea and I said, you know, how can I make this happen? Like, how can I make this work? Um, Again, kind of serendipitously, I ended up receiving a free sewing machine. Oh, there you go. This bad boy back here. There it is. Um, (laughs) I ended up getting a free sewing machine from uh, this Facebook group someone was offering it and I was like, oh, I don't have a sewing machine, sure, I'll take it. (laughs) It needed a little bit of work and so YouTube University uh, (laughs) went to work and um, just started kind of sewing things. I remembered my mom had made me um, a reusable snack bag when I was in high school. So it was the first thing that I tried. And again, it was that light bulb moment of, what, (laughs) I could make something and sell it? Maybe that's how I could get this to work. Um, so yeah, that's the, the origin story there was, um, just like having that idea originally and kind of seeing a need and then kind of having the realization, this might be how I could fund it. Um, and then kind of just started messing around with it. A lot of people, you know, I, I put it out there in the world and to see if, if anyone was interested and I got some good feedback and so then I just decided, though, all right, I'm gonna go for it. Uh, I've got no experience in business. I am a very like beginner seller, uh, but I have a vision and I have a passion for it, and I want to see it through. So
0: that's so sick. I did not. That's pretty cool. Hey, you know, sometimes yeah, free sewing machines. You know, a, a snack bag from way back in the day. The, the small little things that kind of help with the inspiration to keep it going. Um, and your designs are amazing, by the way. I know it, you've been working at it, obviously, and, and continue to work towards it, but uh, the designs, the the patterns, and everything, they're dope. Uh, we'll for sure to plug the show notes or in the show notes the link to Salem Cloth Project so people can buy some of the bags and buy some cloth and diapers as well to help support the cause. Um, oh man, I, I wish I want to camp here all day, but I know I don't want to. <laughs> we're going we <laughs> to keep moving. I going to keep moving. Yeah, yeah. Um, what were some of the. So talking about bridging gaps here um, or finding ways where things are connecting, what were some of the lessons that you pulled from your athletic days that shaped the way that you are servicing the environmental community and more specifically with the sandal Cloth Project?
1: Mm-hmm. I think one of the big things was really my work ethic. Um, people are kind of continuously surprised at the amount of things that I'm doing all the time. Uh, I'm not really someone that I'm not good at like sitting still. So if I'm, if I've got time in my day, then I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? So I'm usually looking to like fill that void. Um, But I think uh, my work ethic is definitely one thing that, that I picked up and kind of honed in on at Willamette because as a college athlete, like, you know, you're, you're at practice, you're doing weights, you're, you know, you've got your games and all everything else on top of being an athlete mm-hmm. um, or on top of being a student.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, So for me, it was all of those things at Willamette. Like I was, I had internships. I had, um, I was working like 20 hours a week on top of playing basketball and, and school. So um, I think that was one thing that I picked up is just kind of how, how I can manage, like knowing that I can manage all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a lot of learning for sure of how to do it correctly and where I'm not like dropping the ball anywhere, but, uh, just knowing that I had the capability to do a lot with my time. If I, if I you know focused on it. So I think that for sure, as a college athlete, just having the expectation of doing more and then, and then learning how to do it correctly That's great. Was, uh, was definitely helpful. Um, yeah. I think the other thing probably is, uh, just the amount of things that I had to overcome through, through that time. I, I will, I will say that I've had a, you know, as far as lives go, a fairly easygoing life. Like I have not had a lot of hurdles. I recognize that, uh, for prefer, sure. um, but <clears throat> through college sports, there were a lot of things that, that through curves my way. Um, and I think knowing Having gone through that and then being on the other side and knowing that I could get through it was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily something I think about consciously in you know day to day practice, but uh, it definitely like built my capacity for for what I could get through, um, knowing that I can can handle adversity. And so now when I'm facing challenges and I'm you know feeling anxious or disoriented or whatever, I know that I can get through it because I've done it before
0: yeah no that makes sense I mean it, it takes resiliency and hard work to figure something out from scratch <laughs> uh, I mean I think it's real easy to see a problem but it's even more it takes a lot more difficulty to find a solution to it and fail and still keep moving forward because the the passion and the drive is still there mm-hmm. um, to and it's bigger than yourself you know I, what I enjoy hearing about your story is that you're what everything you're doing is for the betterment of the community and for the betterment of others. And it's not trying to, you know, line your pockets or beef you up and and, and you'll know, have a bigger ego than what you have. Um, but it's more so how do you help serve? How do you help uh, the next generation, the next person who is experiencing something that is traumatic or so going through some pain or be able to provide some little relief in their daily struggle or their daily lives. And um, that that's a strong, a really strong foundation to work off of.
1: Um, yeah, 100%. I think you said it really well, too. It's that, like, learning how to fail and pick yourself back up. Like, I haven't thought about that until now. Hmm. Like, having gone through our basketball career and really, like, not being as successful as we could have been or, um, you know, failing, I guess, technically, like, losing a game, failing, Um <clears throat> And still like having the courage to come back year after year and fight and, and continue to play and keep your head up for sure. Like learning how to fail and continue on is a is a really big kind of sports. <laughs> I would I would contribute that to sports for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Wow. Um so yeah, what when we talk about the next steps for, for you and Salem Cloth project, what are some of the goals that you've set in sight? um, you know, in from short-term in the long-term perspective.
1: Yeah. I mean, right now it's, it's just kind of maintain because I'm still so new to everything. Like I, I'm just trying to learn and absorb everything I can. Like I've listened to podcasts constantly about business and I get super inspired by other, other people that are doing the same thing um, and learning that are just kind of like learning as they go. So right now it's just kind of trying to learn as much as I can and, and try and grow the business as best as I can. Mm. Um, we actually, ironically enough, ended up receiving that grant, uh, that I approached my boss about. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, uh, so two years later, I think it's about about two years later. Um, I ended up applying for that grant on my own through a, a different nonprofit and we actually got the grant. So, um, Right now, we're in the process of, of you know, getting that grant money.
0: Congrats, that's awesome. So,
1: thank you. Yeah. So in the short term, right now, my goals are really to, um, to just grow, grow our audience, grow our reach as far as who we're we're serving, who we're able to serve, um, make more connections throughout the community. Uh, but I think for me, like bottom line, like my goal with Salem Cloth Project is to make this my job. I'm inspired by people business people that are that are learning as they go and that they have built something from the ground up that really inspires me and so to to hear those stories it makes me want to to be one of those people um so that's like long-term goal would love to help make that a reality and um you know bottom line I want to contribute to our community here in Salem and I want Salem to be a place that you know that Adley can grow up and be like oh I'm proud to have to have grown up in Salem um, and people that are living here to be here and they have access to the resources that they need um, and feeling like we have kind of an equitable community and, and things for people to do and and great outlets and resources for for all people so I think that's you know in terms of my career goals that would you know I I want to make this want to make this my career um but I also I want to be able to to be a contributor and a community leader here
0: yeah yeah you're definitely making a mark in the community you're one of those you're our individual who's making Salem awesome I mean I, I would imagine I mean you you know we've been here for quite some time in Salem and and seen quite a bit of change in this community and it's all, honestly changing for the better and I mm-hmm. think it does contribute to people like you who are immersed in in this space who are immersed with the people and uh finding solutions to help with them in that in that way just for like you said for your daughter and for our children just to grow into this uh and and see the the beauty of what we what we found you know being in this community so uh that's awesome that's so great um as we turn the corner and talk a little bit about just again that next generation Uh, one of the things would be great to do before you share some of the wisdom and advice you would give to the next generation is to pay homage to those who, uh, came before us or folks we look up to or what have you. So who are some of those individuals that you look up to for inspiration and for growth, um, today?
1: Today? Yeah. Today it's, it's so different. It's, I've loved this process because you're asking me questions that I've never really taken the time to think about, um, <clears throat> but looking back at like who I looked up to as a kid and who I look up to now, like they're just, they're, it's so different, but, um, I love that, that arch. Um, mm-hmm. so, but, um like I said, I'm really interested in business. Um, uh, I've been you know interested in, in politics and policy and, um, and this might not be like the, the best thing to say, but like, uh, Bernie Sanders, like right now is he's someone that, um, that I have really looked to because not, not really anything necessarily policy driven, but um, in like 2014, 2015, when I was finding out about him and I started reading about um, kind of his, his political career and learning about what he had been involved in. uh, He was kind of the first person that opened my eyes to a lot of the inequity that was happening in our country. Um, For me, like, the system was working for me, you know, that I had gone to college, I graduated debt-free, I got my master's degree, was debt-free, never really had any issues like getting a job or, um, you know, I definitely faced a lot of gender inequity in my life, but Mm -hmm. um, those were small things compared to what other people were facing. And I think for me, it was like really learning and understanding from what Bernie Sanders was that opened my eyes and I was like oh my god this this isn't working like it might work for me it's definitely not working for everybody Hmm. Uh, so in terms of that like just definitely opening my eyes and and learning more about what's going on in the greater context around me and then and then that kind of jolted me into a view to to not participate in this and to help shake this up a little bit so from that aspect um he was someone early on that you know i've started looking up to and um right now other women who are in the political sphere that are like shaking things up like elizabeth warren Mm -hmm. alexander ocasio cortez like badass women who are doing things um kamala harris like i love watching women in places that they traditionally haven't been Mm. um, and showing that they can be leaders, uh, that women are just as strong and confident as, as men are. Um, so in the political sphere, those are people that I'm definitely looking up to right now, um, and you know, female entrepreneurs and business people too, um, that's yeah. that's kind of where my head is at as far as getting inspiration.
0: That's great. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. And you're right. Those those and women, especially in the individuals who are in those spaces are, are, are making waves and, and like you said, are inspiring a lot of people and you especially to take action in what we can with what we have. And so um, I'm with you. I'm with you. Those are some powerhouse people to look up <laughs> for sure. Um, so what, as we... Talk about your athletic days for a second, um, and providing some advice to the next generation athletes. Uh, This question—you could take this question in any way. You could take it as, "What advice would you give to the athlete who's in their final season, um, or the athlete who's preparing for their final season? What advice would you give to that person?"
1: Yeah, I—it's so hard to go back in that space for me, um, as my final season, like preparing for. I guess preparing for your last, your last hurrah, like whether or not, you know, you're continuing or not, but, um, that's taking advantage of everything that you can for sure. Um, during that season, I know that's, that's super cliche, of course, like, (laughs) I feel like an old person for saying that, but, um, but yeah, like taking advantage of those friendships, eating an extra meal, Mm free like with <laughs> mm-hmm. have an extra serving um i don't learn as much as you can from the people that you're around um one of the things that i feel that i wish that i would have done more is like ask questions about like how people got to where they are and i never really took the time to like ask you know those questions um <clears throat> how someone became a coach or how they did you know Gotten in their career or whatever so I feel like exploring that too is is just as important especially if you're not planning to to continue your athletic career after college um, outside of sports it's like for me the the biggest like jolt was like life after college it's not necessarily like athlete specific but just like generally in college like I was so busy in my final season of basketball and working on my thesis and trying to graduate. I did not take a moment to think about what I was going to do after. Yeah. Not even a second, like, I don't know how that happened. Like, how did I get to that point? And I hadn't thought about what I was going to do, but I do. I remember sitting at the kitchen table. I had closed my laptop after I had submitted my thesis and I was like, Oh God, what's next? Like, I don't know where I'm living. Like, I don't know what I'm gonna do for work. Like, I hadn't thought about how I transition from a, a major in and like having a degree. How do I translate that into a career? Like, I hadn't even thought about it. Um, I didn't know what jobs existed. I didn't know what jobs existed. So for me, like that was the, the most rude awakening was submitting my final project and then being like all right i'm done now what do i do
0: know what yeah
1: so i spent about my first job after willamette was was working at macy's there you go (laughs) for four months at macy's and then jumped on to a full-time job after that but yeah I, i had no clue what i was gonna do so that would be my advice take some time to think about what you're gonna be doing when you're
2: done
0: yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. As you, as you said that, I definitely remember my very same experience, submitting, submit on the thesis, big sigh of relief, but then immediate rush of worry of like, Oh no. Like I have not thought about the next step in that. And yeah, the, <laughs> you worked at Macy's I worked at Best Buy for like a solid six weeks. Mm-hmm. Similarly. Cause I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but you will know, we'll figure it out. But yes, doing that, And as well as, like you said, having those conversations with just anybody around, because what's fascinating about college and even being an athlete is that you are so close to the professionals and, you know, professors, coaches, even faculty members, what have you, and can ask them like, hey, tell me about your journey. And right there, and they're there willing to help support students and can help guide and at least share some type of uh, wisdom or direction that could be interesting or, you know, like, no, I don't want to do that, <laughs> but mm-hmm. give you some context to at least know what to pursue or how to pursue things. So that's, that's key advice. That's, that's major. Um, and probably still advice that needs to be happening today too. Cause doesn't mean that just cause you're done from school, you don't, you don't still need to ask people around their story or how they're uh, navigating the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so then for Specifically for your industry, uh, more with the environmental services, and even you know, starting your own business and being a social entrepreneur. What are some advices would you give to a student or anyone uh, that matter who will be looking to get into that space?
1: I think it would really be the same. Is like go talk to people, <laughs> and that's a skill that you have to learn. Uh, I don't like it. It certainly like when I was in college and even after like. If someone were to give me that advice, I'd be like, "Okay, thanks," um, and I would not do it. Like, I, I know that I would not have gone and just like cold called someone and asked them if they wanted to, to meet. I, I did not have that confidence. Um, so it's it's a skill for sure that you have to pick up, and you have to like kind of get over yourself and and realize that you know it's you're not going to look stupid. Like people, most people want to help and. Um, so for someone who's interested in, in any sort of career, um, specifically in kind of the environmental, if you're interested in, in kind of public service, for sure, like talk to people, talk to people in the industry. Um, there's so many jobs that like, like I said, when I was graduating from Willamette, I had no clue what jobs were available. Um, and now being in the industry, I see how many there are but they're not the jobs that I thought that they were going to be like when I was, when I was studying science, like I wasn't thinking about, um, you know, as a, an educator, education, um, looking at stormwater samples, like those were not the things that, that I was expecting like a scientist, uh, to be. Right. So like that would have been really helpful was to have someone like push me into talking to people and figuring out what other, what jobs there are. Um, and, and figuring out early if it was something that I wanted to do or not. Um, and so I, I have actually had people, I'm, I'm always the person that's like, yes, you know, if you, if you want to come talk to me, like I'm an open book, like as a high school student or college student, like I always want to be that like professional that can, can provide that input. Um, and so I've talked to multiple, multiple people and I always encourage them to like go you have, like, you can't know that you want to do something unless you've looked into it, you know,
2: Right.
1: because there's a lot of professions out there that the title is very different than the day-to-day work. Right, uh, right. So that would be my biggest piece of advice is just to, to get out there and figure out what, what exists. Um, it wasn't until my, I was done with my master's degree that I really felt that I had that confidence. And I, um, I went to PSU So I was in Portland for a couple of years and then when I came back to Salem I just started networking Mm. and I just started like googling environmental stuff and seeing what was going on and then asking if people would be willing to to sit down to have a conversation and you know I made a lot of a lot of connections that way and so now that's that's definitely a habit that I have of just networking and feeling confident in myself and and knowing that it's okay to show up alone to an event and just put yourself out there.
0: Um, so yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Telling people to talk to people because we have to, we got to be social. We got to talk and figure it out and work with folks and not try to demystify the fear of connection. Cause that's easily, uh, can be a thing of fearing of getting connected with people and even the fear of not having it all figured out. Um, I hear that I hear that quite a bit in your story is that there is an aspect of you don't know but there are avenues and tools and resources and people to help guide you and not be afraid to take advantage of those uh and and look like a newbie <laughs> uh, but but like but again the passion and the drive and the uh the purpose is stronger than your own uh ego or trying to look like look like something that you're not like you're helping others and that helps get over that fear at least at little bit to get over that fear to talk to people. That's so great. Um, yeah, I uh, before we end and I want you to love for you to plug uh, every anything and everything about you and the work that you're doing, uh, you are a mother and that's part of your identity, that's who you are. Um, as, a, as a family person myself as a father, I'm always you know I love hearing how other parents are working and navigating through just the life of parenthood. Uh, so how is motherhood for you? How give you some highlights of just how how is what's life like as a mom?
1: Yeah, it's still weird to me to to say that I am a mom uh, <laughs> because when I when I hear the word mom I think of my mom and I think of what <laughs> what a mom looks like in my head and it doesn't look like me but yes, I am a mom um, <clears throat> and I am I'm super lucky because uh, Adley is she from the beginning was a pretty easy baby she's two years old now she just turned two in march um and so as far as like as far as that goes i've had it pretty easy she's like the smartest kid like she picks up so much stuff so quickly and it's scary um all the time um but yeah it's been really great like she is she's just so great and um yeah. From day one, like she just rocked our world.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, it definitely it like brought Adrian and I a lot closer together going through that, um, just going through and um, and just going through that experience and then figuring out how to parent and nurture and keep them alive it's um, <laughs> an experience. Especially since, like I said, I'd never changed a diaper before, and you know, yeah, it's all new territory. So, um, a lot of a lot of learning and a lot of patience and a lot of um, it's just kind of grace with yourself to to let it be okay. Um, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's been it's been a lot of fun, and she is she is just like the light of our lives for sure. She's
2: just I believe
0: awesome. it, yeah kids will do that to you yeah um, it's pretty crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah instant maturity um happens once you're once a child is born and it's uh it's definitely a amazing blessing to have and a tremendous challenge as well but one that's worth it and and i, I would agree with you and the patience i agree with you and all that um and even the bond that you have with your spouse to go through that together i mean similarly with being on a team in sports like you go through these things. You go through these trials together, and it may seem crazy and chaotic, but eventually it works. And you go through that same process with your spouse, and uh, and just continue to build life together, which is great. So, yeah, thanks for sharing a little bit about that. That's that's awesome. Shout outs. Give any shout outs that you would like. How people can follow you, get connected with you and your work. Plug it away. We'd we'll love to have that shared on the on the podcast.
1: <laughs> well. I'm super excited about the work that I'm doing with the city of Kaiser. I'm pretty new to the position, but um, <clears throat> but I, I'm really excited getting into the work. It's it's a different community. I know you live in Kaiser, mm-hmm. um, so it's right next door to Salem. It's not really all that different, but it is a little different, um, mm-hmm. and so it's it's cool to, to be kind of learning that community and seeing the needs. Um, there, but I'm starting uh, doing a lot of outreach with like businesses and connecting to different businesses and helping support them through um, kind of adapting to more sustainable uh, business uh, practices. I'm really excited about doing some of that work and um, I am, I am the go-to educator for the city of Kaiser. So if there's anyone out there listening that wants some environmental education thrown their way, uh you just give me a holler. Mm. But uh yeah. I'm excited about doing that work. Um I'm equally as excited, if not like a hundred times more excited about Salem cloth project. Mm. Like I said, we got the grant $1,500, fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen thousand, excuse me. Fifteen thousand.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, extra zero there. Extra zero, <laughs> like, I like- built that zero
1: difference. 15000 dollars. It's still crazy. Um yeah, in this grant, so we have enough money now to provide cloth diaper kits got that going on. Um, so if there are any families out there that um, are in need, like, that's one thing for sure. I'm lo- really looking forward to, to plugging in, um, and to getting those resources into the hands of people. But other than that, the way you can support Salem cloth project is by you know purchasing mm-hmm. our products and, uh, you know, checking out our website. Um, and just kind of spreading the word that we exist.
0: Yeah. Well, definitely on this podcast, the word will spread. Uh, you know, because this is this is the major platform right now. This is this is worldwide here. Yeah, we're doing big things on the mic, but um, <laughs> well, for sure, I'll plug all that in the show notes and be sure to have that promoted and in, in, uh, for this episode as well as on the platforms of Instagram and and Facebook and whatnot. Because you're all doing great work, and um, we I want that to be highlighted and promoted and continue the mission of serving in that way. So. Uh, Kaylee, you, uh, phenomenal job of sharing your story, uh, walking through your story and, and letting listeners know, uh, about a little bit about you and the work that you're doing in the community. I am, you know, I don't know. I'm juice. This is great. Uh, <laughs> thank you for being on the show. And, uh, we continue to wish you great success, uh, in the work that you're doing and with your family and, yeah continue to be in a rock in, in this community so thank you
1: yeah thank you for giving me a platform i appreciate it
0: thanks so much for listening to on the mic with Ray white and before you leave i got a few asks for you first connect with me on social media and let me know what your thoughts are on this episode you can find me on my personal page at ray devante on all social accounts and this podcast at Podcast on Instagram. Next, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening device. Make sure that you go ahead and find On The Mic with Gray White on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And make sure that you let me know that you're listening. And finally, share this episode with a friend. Take the time to send them a the link or tag them on your social media platforms and start the conversation around them, around the reflective topics and the questions on this episode. Thanks so much, and don't forget to share your story with others. Peace.